is Leith Forest. Sitting in for Alan Hickey this week while he takes a well-earned break. It's 28 minutes to two. It is time to talk about our state. I don't know what it is, but when men in uniform come in, you, you do straight away, you sort of sit up probably and make sure you do the right thing. We're talking today about the District Policing Model Assistant Commissioner Noel Bamford from Saipol joins me. Noel, appreciate your time. Yeah, my pleasure. And also we have Superintendent John DeCandia from Saipal. John, thanks for coming in as well. Afternoon, Leith. Great to uh, to see both of you. Now, let's talk about it. Now, if we can start with you, you're responsible for uh, overseeing the new district policing model. Can you tell us all about it, what that means? Yeah, look, this is something that we've been working on now for over three years. Um, And and quite frankly, uh, this is business um, as usual for us in as much that uh, to, to remain relevant and effective in the, in the community, we have to keep looking at how we're doing business and uh, take the opportunity to change when we need to change. Okay. Unlike the AFL where, you know, they seem to change all the time, is this a big change for policing since sort of the 2000s and the 90s? Absolutely. The, the last major reform program we had uh, commenced in 1998. So that's a very long time. The world's moved on and a lot of things have changed since then. Okay. And what's the reason for? Why the big change now? You know... Um, the model that we've had in place for almost 20 years has been really good for us, but it was based on the premise that um, the majority of crimes in the community are committed by a small portion of that community. So our, our philosophy was to target those repeat offenders, and that worked really well for us for many years, and we've had lots of consistent reductions in crime. But we've found over the, over the last few years that uh, those reductions have started to diminish and we're getting to the point where instead of it being, um, you know, like a 10% reduction, it's down to 5% or even less. And and we recognise that um, we can't just let things roll on because eventually the tide will turn. The other interesting thing is, despite the fact that crime's down, um, the calls for police assistance keep going up. So demand is very high and calls for police assistance turn into calls for police to attend and so we have patrols and our frontline troops are absolutely stretched. In other words, you know, demand is outstripping our ability to respond. So it's, it was very much time for us to look at it. Yep. Uh, we started back in 2014 knowing that it was going to, going to hit us sooner or later. Um, and uh, what happened last Thursday, the implementation of the new district policing model has been the, the end of, of that um, uh, really big significant body of work. Is it a long uh, and difficult consultation process? Are there people that you have to speak to? How does this all come about? Sure. Um, you know, we, like like any sort of uh, reform program, we, we both look inwardly and outwardly. So we had a look at what we were doing. We had a, we had a, a, a look at a whole raft of data in relation to demand, crime rates and all that sort of thing. We then looked around the world, not just Australia. We looked at different jurisdictions, what they were doing, um, and compared that to what we were doing, and we looked for some good opportunities. We developed a model that was not one copy of one specific one, but uh, an amalgamation, for want of a better word, of various models. And then we we took that out to talk to the workforce, because after all, the the people on the road are our subject matter experts. Uh, The people who are delivering those services, the frontline troops, they're the ones who do it day in, day out. And, and we did a lot of consultation with them and with consultation with the unions um, and we got some good, really good feedback and we had to obviously take note of that 
Um, we tweaked our model, we changed a few things, we went back again, and after a few iterations, uh, the general consensus was, yep, we've come up with something that is better than what we have today, um, and we need to do move forward with it. So it was a long process. That's John's domain, which we'll get to in one second. Just before you mentioned, though, uh, that crime rates are going down, so that's great right news. Yep. But obviously the calls are going up. Is that the public? Are we doing the wrong thing? Are we are we picking up the phone too soon, or is it is it unusual for that balance to occur? Well, we we thought it was unusual, but when you when you sit down and have a look at it, back in nineteen ninety eight, um, it was a different world. Uh, you know, the internet was brand new. Yep. Uh, Google had just been invented, um, and people generally were still dealing with their local police station. Um, that there was not a lot of online work. Uh, it was it was pretty much um, a, a very manual. Uh, system uh, over over those last eighteen years, we've, we we introduced a call centre. You know, mm. who would have thought that uh, the police would have one? But one three one triple four became the major way of of the members of the community contacting us. And uh, so today, you know, four hundred and fifty thousand calls a year come in on that phone number. Um, we've made ourselves available. We've made it made it easy for people to contact us. You, you can you can report. Um, some vehicle collisions online now you can report lost lost property online but the simple fact that people can pick up the phone and call us yep. um, has opened up that level of demand technology is amazing with that too isn't it we speak to sa police all the time where you know whether it's on the website you're looking for a particular person or a particular vehicle that i mean this day and age as you say it changes so much that's assistant commissioner noel bamford also with us superintendent john de john you're responsible for this the implication of this on the front line can you tell us what that's been for you yeah i've been uh, involved um, since towards the end of last year in the implementation um it's been really rewarding, but I think one of the important things is we've got a fantastic workforce out there, and when you're implementing a model that they actually do understand that it comes back to that purpose as to why police exist, and that is about delivering public safety. Yep. Um, so the essence of the model really is about strengthening frontline services so that we can deliver on that public safety. When people understand that as our core business, um, then it makes the actual transition for the implementation uh, a lot easier. If you want to just come a little bit closer to the microphone, John, we can hear you a little bit better. Thank you. What about the changes and the work that goes into the changes? Has that been like anything else when changes occur? Has it taken a while for that to yeah, Like with any change, you know, so we've had a, a model since uh, 1998, 99, and a lot of people get used to that model. Yep. We've had uh, a lot of new recruits that have come through into the department, and that is the only model that they've understood. So it does take a fair bit to actually get that understanding and actually have that change um, but fundamentally when you come back to people understanding our purpose then it is a, a lot easier to transition across into that and we spoke earlier in relation to the uh, consultation you know certainly in the last six or so months there's been about 2,000 of our staff that we've managed to speak to in relation to how we would go through with the implementation about what the actual district policing model means to those frontline services yep. um, in relation to actually eventually delivering on public safety. What will the public see in terms of the frontline? We're going to see more police out on the street? It is about greater mobility. Um, and as technology has been introduced, you know, gone are the days of a patrol going to a tasking, having to, having to return back to a patrol base 
type their reports. There's greater technology available to them now with mobile rugged tablets and so forth that they can do things in the field. They can get statements signed by victims and witnesses in the field. They don't need to go back into a police station to be putting those reports in. So that greater mobility creates greater visibility so people should be seeing more a more visible police presence throughout Adelaide. It's funny, we don't think of that often, do we, the technology from your point of view and everyone else, like the radio station, we've changed so much over that time, but I guess to the older police that have been there a bit longer to look at the new police now and go, ah, oh, if only we had that in our day, that might have made things a little easier for us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I remember to my time when I first started, you know, there were limited things that you could actually do out in the road and when some of that technology did get introduced uh, we thought it was fantastic but you know I look back now you know 25 years ago and uh, you laugh at what that technology was whereas the members these days they've virtually got a mobile office in their patrol vehicle as they're around which makes it a lot easier for them to be mobile visible to provide a better service to the to the community as well. Uh, my guests today, Assistant Commissioner Noel Bamford and Superintendent John DeCandia, we're going to take a short break and talk more about the new district policing model. Eight double two three double O double O is our number, but more to come with our fine uh, establishment here from SAPO after the break. Itching to have your say on the five double O Sports Show? Now you're guaranteed to get through with your comments, feedback and questions. Thanks to Mile End Office Furniture, the largest office furniture showroom in South Australia. You can now text the 5AA Sports Show on 0448 08 1395. Write it down, 0448 All thanks to Mile End Office Furniture and 1395 Adelaide's 5AA. Standard SMS fees apply. Dear Baker Young Stockbroker. Just to let you know, I am stoked. Before you, my investments were silent, set, forgotten, till you came along. Yes. Actions do speak louder than anything else. Get an individual stockbroker working for you and your wealth immediately. Call Baker Young Stockbrokers. BakerYoung.com.au Every office has them. Legends that walk among the cubicles. Heroes that populate the lunchroom. We love your work. So, let's hear it for Stu. He's not in IT, but is really good with computers, so he can get that presentation printed before the big meeting. Love your work, Stu, you bloody legend. Mile End Office Furniture loves creating legendary offices and workspaces for heroes like Stu and you. Get a quote at mileendofficefurniture.com.au. Do you feel like your shoulder is holding you back? Has your hip dropped the ball? If your body's getting back at you for all those years of sport, hard work and life in general, you need to speak with SportsMed immediately. We have a whole team dedicated to improving your health. Do something about it. Make an appointment today with SportsMed. Remember, we are more than just sport. Visit sportsmed.com.au. Turn your unused outdoor space into a great entertainment area this winter with Louver House. A Louver House opening and closing roof helps you entertain all year round, keeping rain out and letting the light in. You'll never have to worry about the weather again because rain sensors and motorised blades automatically give you peace of mind, whilst LED lighting will brighten any area. Find out more with a free, no obligation design, measure, and quote. See the light and live life your way with Louver House. Louverhouse.com.au. McGain Real Estate, rock. And they'll make your home rock. Literally. 
McGain has their own style warehouse here in SA. The latest soft and hard furnishings from around the world, actually over an acre's worth. They'll dress your home and, like I said, make it rock. And there's no upfront payment for this amazing service. Just another reason why you see more and more signs popping up saying, Sold by McGain. Again. Your dream kitchen coming in under budget. It can be done. Bring in your ideas and start planning today. Because the You Install It Winter DIY Trade Fair starts July 16. We're talking custom size Farquhar quality cabinetry. With your choice of laminate or Caesar stone bench tops, plus Fisher and Pinkel appliances, all discounted. You Install It Kitchen's Winter DIY Trade Fair starts Monday, July 16 across all four showrooms. Some conditions apply. Visit youinstallitkitchens.com.au. Macular degeneration is Australia's leading cause of blindness. If you're over 50, have an eye test and macular check. Early detection is vital. You can have the very early signs without even knowing. Information, guidance and support is only a phone call away. Call the Macular Disease Foundation on 1800 111709 for a free macular degeneration information kit. Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. This is Leith Forest. It is quarter to two, sitting in for Alan Hickey this afternoon and for the week as he takes a break. We're talking about our state and the district policing model. My two special guests, Assistant Commissioner Noel Bamford here, uh, Organisational Reform and Superintendent John DeCandia as well, the district policing model as well. Can I ask you both about um, changes, obviously, the the, the changes that occur? Um, Noel, in terms of the call centre and and the way that that operates and the way that phone people sort of dial in and get in touch with you guys, that'll all change or that stays the same? Yeah, look, we, we have a... Um, an area called the communications group which which comprises our communication centre which takes triple zero calls and dispatches patrols statewide and then we have the call centre yep. which is the 131444 number the police assistance number so non-urgent police assistance um, within that group we've made a couple of uh, really significant changes already um, the first one which is um, um, really to help the front line is a thing called the investigation support desk and what we've done is we've um, uh, brought in experienced detective and intelligence officers to work there 24 hours a day at a desk where they can monitor all the jobs that are coming through for the whole of the state and they can provide assistance to the front line. So your general duties patrols traditionally have turned up, they've managed the job um, and and if they can, they'll get some assistance from their own police station. We're, we're doing that centrally now. So... Um, our intelligence uh, investigation support desk, the, the intelligence officers will be monitoring the jobs as the patrol's attending. And look, an example is um, if there was an armed hold-up at, at a service station in the middle of the night, these guys will know about it. Um, they will have a. They will be able to interrogate our, our holdings, our records, and um, they'll be able to check on car registrations, all that sort of thing, while the patrol's still driving there. So when that patrol arrives, they'll already have an intelligence officer who's actually being able, be able to feed them some information that may help them to actually um, track down somebody straight away. Yep. Um, that, that's a, a big change. E- equally, if, if a patrol goes to a, a job uh, and they want, a, want some advice on managing a crime scene, there's a detective sergeant available on deck within the communication centre 
24 hours a day, and they can reach out uh, all over the all over the state. That's that's a significant change for us. It is, John. I imagine that's for you guys too. I mean, all these moving parts, if you can get them all together, working in the one direction. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And they're the critical aspects that needed to make people understand about what the entire model is, because it it isn't just about six local service areas transitioning into four districts. And that's all. It is the centralised aspects, the investigation support desk that operates 24-7, which didn't exist before. That provides greater support to the frontline troops so that they get better information, they're better armed, they can make better decisions. Um, That's safer for them and obviously delivers a a better service to the community because if we've got our members on the frontline having greater information, lets them make their decisions better, um, safer for them, which provides better outcomes. Yep. And greater peace of mind, I guess, yeah. too, for the general public. Do you find uh, we get this all the time with the hospitals, for example, that people don't quite know when they should go to the hospital? Is it the same with police? Are people ringing the right numbers? Are they doing the right thing? Are we educated enough as the public when something goes wrong, be it ourselves or we see something else? For you guys, you know, in general, that they are. Um, you know, the, the the three main numbers that that we have uh, is triple zero for emergencies. One three one triple four for for non urgent police assistance, and yep. then you have the Crime Stoppers number one eight hundred triple three triple zero, basically to dob in a crook. Um, if we went back ten or fifteen years, um, people didn't know what number to ring. Hmm. Um, but when we introduced one three one triple four back in two thousand and three, we, we did a lot of marketing back then, and we've maintained that. And what we've found is, in, instead of the majority of calls coming in on the emergency number, the majority of calls do in fact come in on the non-urgent number. So, we're talking roughly one hundred and fifty thousand triple zero calls a year, and four hundred and fifty thousand one three one triple four calls a year. So, we're pretty comfortable that that the community knows those two numbers. What the community may not realise is they don't actually have to ring a local police station to get police to attend. They can ring either of those numbers. And, and you know, it's a judgment call. Is it an emergency? Yeah. If so, absolutely dial triple zero. If it's not, if you dial one three one triple four, it doesn't matter where you are in the state. It doesn't matter where you want the police to go in the state. That one number will actually get you that assistance you need. Because it used to be just the default, didn't it? If something was wrong, you just straight away triple zero. So now, obviously, that's good that people are educated. You mentioned the numbers. Is that a lot of calls? Is it you know when you look over years, one hundred and fifty? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's that's one of the reasons why we've in, introduced this new policing model because yeah. those numbers are, are continuing to rise. Um, they translate to over 800,000 taskings to patrols a year. And, you know, we're not, we're not a, whilst we're geographically a big state, as a police force, we're not that large. And so, you know, our frontline troops are really working. And so what we want to do in, with this new police model is try and manage that. Try, try and actually manage the demand and the going back to um, the four districts, one of the reasons for going from six areas to four was to make bigger work groups. Because what we want to do is free up some time to allow um, the frontline police to actually deal with the problems on the ground. What we've found is that uh, because it's so busy, um, the community, a member of the public will ring up with a job, uh, the police will turn up, they know that they've got so many other jobs sitting waiting to attend that they'll deal with it on the spot and move on without actually fixing the underlying problem. So what we're trying to do is give everybody enough breathing space that after the initial job, there will be other police that are available that can actually fix or help to fix that underlying problem. So instead of targeting just the repeat offenders, we're actually going to start targeting the repeat addresses because what we found is not only 
uh, the majority of crimes committed by a small group of people, but the majority of our police attendances are a small number of addresses in the community. So what we think we can do is if we target those addresses and work out what the underlying problem is, and it's not necessarily an address that are full of crooks, yep. often they'll be victims of crime or there may be people with mental health issues or a number of other reasons why we get called there. If we can engage with other government agencies and non-government organisations that solve that underlying problem, then we don't get called back there again. Yep. And as soon as that happens, we actually free up our, our frontline resources to actually deal with the crooks, the people that we really need to spend our time with. I can imagine, too, on the front line, you would know people, but obviously you would know the same too, streets, neighbourhoods, suburbs, etc. Yeah, correct. As I said, you know, you, you speak to any of the patrols out there, um, they'll go to the same addresses time and time again, yep. uh, and it's the same, yeah, small number of offenders commit most of the crime. So if we can put in a model in place that can start to focus on those repeat addresses, then that starts to address the, the real underlying problems and obviously starts to have an impact on what that demand is. So. The new policing model, will we notice anything from the general public? Will it be business as usual from our point of view for you guys? You'll just be working away and doing things better and more streamlined? For, for the majority of people who don't have much contact with with the police, yeah. they won't notice anything different. Sure. All the same police stations are there. The people are still coming out of the same police stations. Whilst we've moved some work groups around, overall the police cars are still out on the road, they're still patrolling and they're still responding. What we're hoping to do is actually get more efficient, uh, improve our response times, uh, free up our staff to actually provide a better service to the community. There's certainly no, no reductions out of this. Uh, there's no staff cuts or anything like that. It's, yep. it's really just changing the way we do business. Two quick ones before I let you go. And again, I thank you for your time. Assistant Commissioner Noel Bamford's here. Superintendent John DeCandy is here as well. Two quick ones. One, uh, you've got the years of Adelaide listening. Is there anything you'd like to say to the people of Adelaide that would make your lives and your jobs easier from a police point of view? Are we generally doing the right thing, the people in the streets? Yeah, absolutely we are. We live in a great state. Um, majority of people do the right thing. And um, we just want to keep reinforcing that and making sure the community's safe. South Australia is a really safe place to yep. live. And we intend to keep it that way. And we've, we'd just like to, to thank the community. Um, there are, there are um, surveys done independent of all police forces in Australia. And every year we come up as um, providing really good service. Yep. There's great public satisfaction with our services. We, we're striving to maintain that. And, and these changes are to ensure that we remain relevant and can provide those services to the community in, in the future. Well, that was actually my second question. Are we a safe state? Because you see various media outlets from time to time, not us, of course, but others that you know, oh, crime's on the rise in this particular area or, you know, this particular group's coming into a neighbourhood and is making things worse. Overall, and you've both been in the uh, industry for a long time, with the force for a long time, uh, are things good in 2018 in terms of South Australia? Absolutely. We're, whilst there are always going to be crimes, in the scheme of things, we live in a very safe state in a very safe city. Yep. Is there one issue, and I know, sorry, I've given you two last ones and now I'll chuck one more in. Um, is there one issue, though, that is that is top of mind? Is it the, the battle against drugs? Is it is there one thing that is, you know, sort of the biggest issue that you face day to day with the, as a police force? I think that um, there's never just one. Yep. Um, because, um, you know, we're, we're all about crime, uh, traffic, Yep. Um, and, and, and community safety per se. So, you know, we have an emergency management role. Um, drug use is a problem. The, the ice 
issue is not going to go away in a hurry. Domestic violence is a problem. Um, Cybercrime is an emergency, emerging problem. Now, we're aware of all of those and, and they're all on our radar or we've got strategies in place and we're working on all of those to, to actually address them. Um, what we're doing in relation to um, the district policing model is, is much more frontline policing. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, rest assured that we, we've got our eye across, across the whole range of issues, uh, and including the, the road toll. Well, greatly appreciate you both coming in. Thank you for explaining that for us, the district policing model, the new change that's that's been made. I uh, hope everyone's happy. Piers, that you would be on your side. Thanks for having us in. We are happy on our side. Keep up the great work. You're making us feel nice and safe in South Australia, which is great. You uh, And as I say, we have a great relationship with, with SAPOL, and they come on to a lot of our shows and sort of keep us up to date. So I hope the public's doing the right thing for you guys as well. And as I say, uh, keep doing what you're doing because it's uh, superb. So thank you so much for coming in. Great. Thanks very much. Great to see you both. Assistant Commissioner Noel Bamford and Superintendent John DeCandy at my very special guest as we've been talking about the new policing model in the districts and also our state. G'day, Keith